Good morning, good morning. Welcome to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. My name is Jason Warren Griffiths. I'm glad you're here. Um, I don't even know if we have any announcements. I think next week is, I think now we've kind of gotten over everything. Next thing coming up is the end of the month. We have Ash Wednesday, and then we're getting ready for Easter. That's kind of fun. I don't know why I'm talking. Nobody's listening, but this is kind of fun. Uh, I don't get to, pre- I, don't, I don't have to preach today, so this is really nice. I get to worship, and Sharon's going to be sharing from God's Word. Sharon, sharing, get it? I don't know. And then, um, do I have any announcements? Does anybody see anything? Make sure you sign up for the flower arrangements to, to have flowers put up there next to the podium. Um, you got anything? No? Make sure you sign in on those blue fellowship pets. Yes? Did you hear that? The parking lot brought in $1,300, $1,386 yesterday. Round of applause, I guess. Round of applause is the only quiet. Come on. Let's get rowdy in here. And we're continuing on the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to be learning about salt, and I believe light, we'll see. And the Roberts are back. Did you guys make a button for the Roberts family? I think they did. I put your names in. You didn't even sign up. You said, I don't even know, and you ran out of here, so I made you buttons. I'm so excited you're back. Everybody stand up and greet each other in the name of the Lord. All right, if you could, if you could take your seats, please. Can we all get back to our places? And we'll call ourselves to worship. I'd like to share with you this morning's psalm, part of Psalm 112. Praise the Lord. Happy are those who fear the Lord, who greatly delight in his commandments. Their descendants will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in their houses, and their righteousness endures forever. They rise in the darkness as a light for the upright. They are gracious, merciful, and righteous. It is well with those who deal generously and lend, who conduct their affairs with justice. For the righteous will never be moved. They will be remembered forever. Particularly the line in here that says they rise in the darkness as a light for the upright. That is the introduction for worship today. Pray with me. Faithful God, you have appointed us your witnesses to be light that shines in the world. Let us not hide the bright hope you have given us, but tell everyone your love revealed in Jesus Christ. Amen. And now would you please stand as we sing, Holy God, we praise thy name.
Please be seated and send the children and youth up. Good morning, everyone. Okay, I've got a question for you. How many of you like potato chips? I figured. How about pretzels? How about french fries? <laughs> Can you think about why, one reason why you might like those so well? Any particular taste on them that, that you like? Yes. Perfect answer. Good. And I didn't even tell you to say that. <laughs> Salt makes things taste better, doesn't it? You know, and, and sometimes when you're sitting at the table, maybe there's just not quite enough salt on your French fries. What do you say? I heard it over here. Pass the salt. Because you want more flavor in your food, don't you? And so you take that salt shaker, have, um, pass it down the row, just to get the feel of it, pass the salt. Just pass it down. And that's what you do. You pass the salt to get some flavor. And Jesus talked to his followers, too. And you know what he told them? He said, you are the salt. You are the salt. You are the ones that flavor your world. You are the ones that make things different. And then he also said to them, you are the light. <laughs> and he took a hat. Well, he didn't take And he said, if you have this light, Where at night. What do you need? You need light, don't you? And why do you need light? So you can see where you're going. So you're safe. Do you turn the light on so you can see the light? No. You turn the light on so it will show you the path. It'll show you where you're walking. Now, would you put that, take that light? then you can't see the light. Our message today is, and I'm going to read you the scripture. Jesus said, But if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything, but it's thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. All right. So Jesus has said, 
You are to be salt and you are light. How can you be salt? How can you be salt when you go to school, when you go home, when you go out in the hall after worship today? How can you be salt? Who's got an idea? How can you make a difference and make the world better? Carter, did I see your hand up? You sure? (laughs) Okay, come on. Thank you, Robbie. Yes, helping someone. Just a smile. If you went up to anybody here in this church, in the hall, and you smiled and said, good morning, how are you today? You're bringing, you're salting. You're making the world a better place. And if you want to be light, there's a lot of things that are dark, and there's probably things in your school that could change. They could be better. And so if you're and maybe, maybe you see somebody sitting all by themselves and they don't have anyone with them. And you walk over and you say, can I sit with you? Do you know that is bringing light into their lives? If somebody drops something, pick it up quickly and give it to them. Look for little ways every day, wherever you are, that you can be salt, and you can be light, and you can show them that you are someone different because you follow Jesus. So look for little ways every day to be salt and light in your worlds. So let me pray with you. Oh Lord, you did tell us that we are salt and we are light, and that we are to let our lights shine. And I pray for each one of these young people here, that you open their eyes to ways around them where they can be salt, and they can be light, and they can bring glory to you by their presence. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, Amy's going to give you each a little packet of salt, and I want you just to hold on to that. And when you look at it, just remember, how can I be salt today?
being who we are. And then we come to church and often we're told all the things we're supposed to do, including worship. Worship God, because if you worship God, then God will respond. Yet it says in Zephaniah that God dances over you with joy. Long before you even knew what love was, God was love. God loves you. And so when we go through worship today, I want us to try something different. Imagine God dancing over you with joy. And allow God to heal your heart. Allow God to transform your mind. Let's enjoy the presence of God as we travel through worship today. Let this be an authentic experience for you, not just another striving act of trying to please God, but let God love you. Let's worship.
all is stripped away and I simply Longing just to breathe something that's worth that will bless your heart. I'll bring you more than a song for a song it's not what you have required. You search much deeper the way things are. you're looking into my heart I'm coming back to the heart of worship and it's all about you it's all about you Jesus I'm sorry Lord for the things I've made it's all about It's all about you. It's all 
As we continue in our worship, let us confess our sins together, saying our prayer of confession. Merciful God, you pardon all who are truly repentant to you. We humbly confess our sins and ask your mercy. We have not loved you with a pure heart, nor We have not done justice, loved kindness, or walked humbly with you, our God. Have mercy on us, O God, in your loving kindness. In your great compassion, cleanse us from our sin. Do not cast us away from your presence, or take your Holy Spirit from us. Restore us to the, to the joy of your salvation, and sustain us with your bountiful spirit. Amen. It says in God's word that if we are faithful and just to confess our sins before him, he is faithful and just to forgive us. It also says he removes our sins as far as the east is from the west. Praise be to God. Through Jesus Christ, our sins are forgiven. Let it stand and sing of his greatness.
little bit different here. I'm going to do it in sitting position. This morning's reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, and we're continuing with the Sermon on the Mount. So chapter 5, beginning with verse 13. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under a bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before you, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Prepare our hearts, O God, to accept your word. Silence in us any voice but your own, that hearing we may also obey your will. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Pass the salt. How often do we use those words? When the meal before us is calling out for just a bit more flavor, when cooking and adding flavor to food, pass the salt. Most recipes call for at least a pinch of salt. Salt is probably something we use most every day. And then also, when a room is getting dark, we simply say, turn on the light so we can see more clearly. Salt and light were things Jesus' followers were very well acquainted with. This passage follows the Beatitudes, which we learned about last week, as Jesus continues his instructions to his followers concerning how they are to behave as part of the new church of Jews and Christians he is bringing. They have been very ingrained into following the rules and the laws of the church, with the Pharisees determining who was righteous and who was not. Jesus' teachings opened a whole new perspective. He chose the common images of salt and light to teach the kind of influence he wanted to see his followers bring to the world. As we move on into this famous sermon, we find the listeners called to the highest standards of conduct and to be a godly influence to society. Jesus started off this message to his followers saying, you are the salt of the earth. The word you in the Greek form is plural. So it's addressed to everyone who's listening. If he was in the South, he might even have said, you all. (laughs) He did not say, try to be, or you will be, or if you want to be. He said, you are salt and light. My followers, 
It's both affirmation and commissioning. Why salt? His listeners knew what a valuable, indispensable commodity salt was. And when we look at all the ways salt was used at that time, we can understand why Jesus used it as a reference. There was a rabbinic saying that said, the world cannot survive without salt. Salt was so valuable in New Testament times that Roman soldiers were often paid their wages in salt. From that comes the expression, worth his salt. And from the use of salt for wages came the term salary. Salt also served as a preservative, a vital use since there was no refrigeration to keep food from going bad. Eating together had been referred to as sharing salt. The ancients found it so necessary, it was offered as part of their sacrifices. And of course, then as now, it was a seasoning agent. An ancient Latin expression states, there is nothing more useful than sun and salt. And because salt came through sun and water, the purest of things, it was considered one of the purest of elements. So to be called salt indicated one of great value. We use the term salt of the earth to describe a person of good character, solid worth, trustworthy, honest, loyal, someone you can depend on, one who represents the best elements of society. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. He says it to us. Today, too, we can see that salt has many amazing uses. It can make ice cream freeze and yet melt salt, melt ice on sidewalks and streets. We gargle with it. We have shakers on our table. Salt can scour a stained pan and take the pain out of a bee sting. It can repel fleas if you wash your doghouse with it. And it can kill poison ivy. And salted caramels are yummy. Thank you, Don. <laughs> there are many more. Ask me later. I have a plethora of them. So we can see that salt was most important as a measure of value or worth. Being called salt of the earth implies that we are of great value and have much to give to the earth. And he did not say you are a salt, but you are the salt. You are just what is needed. And as such, we have a function to perform, a responsibility to the kingdom. Salt is associated with purity. In many places in society today, we see a lowering of standards, of honesty, diligence, morality, kindness, compassion. 
In the book of James, we're reminded religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to care for the orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. It is for us to maintain high standards, to live as Jesus would have us live, to right wrongs, to allow our lives to be examples. We all know people who tell an offensive joke or story, but they refrain when they're in the presence of certain individuals. As a pastor, I have people who slip and say a bad word in my presence and then quickly apologize for offending me. Now, if they would show that same respect to everyone, the world would be a kinder, gentler place. And like the salt, we are called to preserve what is good. The Christian community was to be the force of good in society. It still is. Their very presence was to defeat corruption and make it easier for others to follow their example in doing what is right. The Red Cross organization was started by a Christian. The first hospitals were begun because of caring Christians. Can you imagine what the world would be like without Christian influence? Moral decay, lack of kindness, charity, or love for one another. Just as salt gives flavor to food, so Christianity flavors life. Just as seasoning brings out the best flavor in food, we are called to bring out the best in others. When Christians cease to be an influence on others, they lose their taste. Being salt to the world is to infuse the world around us with Christian flavor. For salt, being salty is not an option. That's what it is. For Christians, Christ-like behaviors are not optional. Such behaviors define the person. Because of Christ in our lives, we are different, and our lives are to show it. Because of how we live, others can see the presence of God in the world. Christ sends his followers by their lives and their beliefs to season the world with knowledge and love and grace. A small amount of salt goes a long way. Those early followers were sent to bring God's word to the people. The witness of those first few disciples has now been brought to all seven continents. But there are many who still have not heard it. In giving the Great Commission, Jesus told his followers, Go, therefore, make, nation, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, 
and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. There is work yet to do. Jesus also said, you are the light of the world. Again, using that plural for you. The function of light is not to be seen, but to allow things to be seen as they are. The Chinese philosopher Confucius said, it is better to light one small candle than to curse the darkness. One small candle. There is much to be concerned about in this world. Evil, confusion, suffering, war, darkness. No matter how small the light, no matter how insignificant our actions may seem, it makes a difference. If we are the light, not just through our acts, but by our very character, we encourage other people to see. We can help people see the beauty and the need in the world around us. Jesus did not say, you are the light of the church or the school or the workplace. He said, you are the light of the world everywhere you go. In the ancient world, when night fell, it became very dark. And it may be hard for us to envision, since we're so used to lamps and streetlights and signs and vehicles that light up the darkness. Isaiah describes such darkness as, we grope like the blind along a wall, groping like those who have no eyes. We wait for light. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He also said, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. As he taught and trained his followers, he was preparing them for the time when he would have to leave them. As he commanded his followers to be the light, he was telling them to be like himself, to follow him. And we have been given that same command. He does not ask us to produce our own light, but to shine with the reflective of his life. Jesus' followers in the crowd that day also knew how important it was to keep their lights kindled. They did not have electric lights to switch on or a handy flashlight to light a dark path. The flame for their lamp had to come from some source. So it is with the light Jesus is speaking of. We must shine with the reflection of his light. The radiance which comes from a Christian's heart comes from the presence of Jesus within. And let me say that again. The radiance that comes from a Christian's heart comes from the reflection of Jesus, the presence of Jesus within. Jesus challenges them to go 
and do good works. Works which come from a heart radiating God's love. Our radiance reflects God's love shining through us. In Paul's letter to the Ephesians, he instructed them, For once you were darkness, but now in the Lord you are light. Live as children of light. The light is to be shared with all who need its guidance and warmth. Jesus came as a beacon of hope in a dark world. In Psalm 119, we read, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. And we are to bring that light to others walking in darkness. The writer Henri Nouwen once wrote, We no longer have to ask ourselves if we are approaching a state of emergency. We are in the midst of it right here and now, and we expect the future to mirror the past. It is in the midst of this dark world that we are invited to live and radiate hope. Is it possible? Can we become light, salt, and leaven to our brothers and sisters in this human family? Can we offer hope, courage, and confidence to the people of the earth? Do we dare break through our paralyzing fear? Will people be able to say of us, see how they love each other, how they serve their neighbor, and how they pray to their Lord? Or do we have to confess that at this juncture of history, we do not have the needed strength or the generosity? How can we live in hope so as to give hope? Where does the world need salt and light? How can we provide it? And he wrote that many years ago, and it certainly applies today. Faith and action go hand in hand. If we dare to call ourselves Christians, followers of Christ, then we are called to let our faith show in all that we do. In James it is written, so faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. Faith in action was what Jesus was calling for. To say we have faith, yet never let it be seen in our actions, betrays what our faith means. <clears throat> These two figures of salt and light show us who we are and what we ought to be doing as followers of Christ. It is a matter of following the first commandment. Love one another as I have loved you, pure and simple. We as followers of Jesus fulfill our roles when we flavor the earth and illuminate the world with our actions and words that ultimately point to Christ. A Peanuts cartoon showed Peppermint Patty talking to Charlie Brown. She said, Guess what, Chuck? The first day of school and I got sent to the principal's office. It was your fault, Chuck. He said, 
my fault. How could it be my fault? Why do you say everything is my fault? She replied, you're my friend, aren't you, Chuck? You should have been a better influence on me. <laughs> As Jesus speaks to his followers of salt and light, he is calling them to be a better influence on the world. Where does our world need salt and light? How can we provide it? There are many ways to bring light and flavor to our world. Christ is made visible in the many ordinary activities of our lives, by how we treat a salesperson or coworkers, by the way we drive, the language we use. We are to be Christians in the kitchen, the factory, the classroom, as well as in the church. Others may hear good words and see good works. I have a framed quote that says, you might be the only Bible your neighbor ever reads. How can you reach out? Is there someone you could invite to church? Volunteer for some of the needs that are shown on the PowerPoint each week. Can you read to children in the school? Can you serve in a kitchen or help at a homeless ministry? When you're in the grocery store, standing in line, rather than count the items of the person in front of you to make sure it's not more than 15, give, give a smile to a person nearby. Say hello. Bring light to lives. Leave a decent tip at the restaurant. Be pleasant to clerks. Be courteous to others on the road. That's a big one. Help someone who needs help. Pray. Let others see that you are different. Like the Nike slogan says, just do it. Salt sitting in a shaker doesn't do a thing. Doesn't change a thing. It just sits there. In order to be effective, it must be shaken out. Get out of the shaker. Do what you were made to do. To be useful, a Christian must reach out into the world. Salt, even a little pinch, changes everything. Everything it comes in contact with. We, as one small individual, can make a big difference in our little corners of the world. God can use us wherever we are. Make a difference. This message is about who we are and what we ought to be doing in the kingdom of God. True righteousness is seen in our actions. Mission or service is in response to that discipleship. To be salt is to be different from the world and to make a difference in the world. In Paul's letters to the Romans, he wrote, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. That is what we're asked to do.
In an episode from the old classic TV series from the 60s, The Andy Griffith Show, Andy Taylor, the sheriff of Mayberry, is out of town. His deputy, Barney Fife, is in charge. And he has deputized the local mechanic, Gomer Pyle. The two deputies are walking down the street one evening when they notice someone is robbing the town's bank. They quickly duck behind a car. They're afraid and don't know what to do. Finally, Gomer looks at Barney and says excitedly, Shazam! We need to call the police! <laughs> In total exasperation, Barney replies, We are the police. We could say the same thing about the church, the body of Christ. We look around and realize, Shazam! Someone needs to do something. That someone is us. Jesus is calling us to pass the salt, turn on the light, and make a difference. Amen. Gracious God, you have called us to be salt and light and to make a difference in the world. You call us to bring your love and your presence to all we meet. Give us opportunities to do so and help us to see that we as individuals can glorify you in all that we do. Amen. And now I invite you to stand and join us in our hymn of response and listen carefully to the words you're singing.
worship. There it is. As we continue in worship, now our tithes and offerings are now received.
is forever, forever worship you. I can only imagine. be seated. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let us present our request to God. Will you please pray with me? Gracious and loving God, thank you for this day and for the rain that is nourishing our land. We fall to our knees this morning and pray, Lord, for a world in desperate need of you. And we confess that it is often difficult to not be anxious about what we are seeing in the world. Lord Jesus, we pray for your divine intervention in ceasing the spread of the coronavirus that this morning has killed more than 800 souls worldwide, surpassing even the devastation of the SARS virus. In your powerful name, Jesus, we pray for all those in China close to the epicenter, that you would have mercy. Give the Chinese government and the people discernment and wisdom in stemming the outbreak and curing the sick. We pray for those who are ill with the virus all over the world, that you would touch each with your healing presence. We pray, too, for those quarantined on cruise ships that there would be no spread of the virus and passengers would be allowed to return home healthy and safe. Lord Jesus, we pray for the primary elections that began this week. What a privilege we have in this country to cast our vote, to have our voices heard. No matter young or old, rich or poor, the color of our skin, whether we are an immigrant or those who have lived in this country for decades, all American voices matter. Inspire everyone in 2020 to get up and have their vote counted. We pray, O oh God, for those in our country in harm's way of approaching storms. Keep them safe. We pray, too, for those without homes or shelter. May your hand of protection be on each one. Nudge neighbors to help those in their communities that need a little extra support. Remind each one of us that whatever we do for the least, we do for you. 
Father God, we gather together every Sunday with our church family and pray for each other, our brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you for the privilege that we have of praying for one another. We pray for our dear friend, Sylvia Smith, who just this week was diagnosed with cancer. May Sylvia feel your healing presence and know that you walk before her and literally hold her in the very palm of your hand. We pray for wisdom for Sylvia and her family as they meet with doctors and consider any viable courses of treatment. We pray for your love and your comfort, your mercy and your grace for Sylvia and her family. We pray too for Terry Welch's son, Jesse, who was in a biking accident yesterday and broke his collarbone. Thank you, O oh God, that Jesse's injuries were not more severe. We pray for Jesse and Terry to feel our prayers and know that you, Lord, have everything under control. We pray for a successful surgery and Jesse's swift healing. Restore him back to full health soon, we pray. No matter what any one of us may be dealing with, you are always with us, Lord. You promise to never leave or forsake us. Never. Hear our silent prayers, Lord Jesus. Lord, as we leave here today and go about our day, may nothing separate us from you today. And may the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. May it be so. And we continue praying in the way that you taught your disciples, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Please stand and let us continue with our worship, singing our hymn of response.
as we prepare for the benediction, there's a little crew here that's going to be scattering, going around, passing salt. And as you get your little salt packets, what I want you to do is just take it, stick it in your pocket, your purse, somewhere where you're going to run across it. And when you pull that out, I want you to look at it and think, where can I be salt this week? How can I bring God's presence and flavor into the world around us? So now I leave you with this benediction. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, the fellowship and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you, salt and light, today and every day. Amen.